the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Yahoo is prepping to lay off 10% or more of its workforce. Is that the big story of the day? No. But it's something we should think about. Like, okay, what is the big story of the day? How about Macy's shutting down some of their flag stores in New York and San Francisco? closing 36 stores of its current 770 Macy's-branded locations by early spring 2016. Hmm. Flag stores, the big ones. Obviously, there's, you know, pretty good real estate there. Um, Is that the big story? Oddly enough, no. How about workers who are saving more for retirement, led by millennials? Is that the big story? No. Things going on in China is the big story. We'll talk about that more as the show evolves and goes forward. Let's bring on CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Oh, good. I think the other big story is George Soros is a scumbag, and he gets way too much press when these things happen. Yeah, let's remember that in 2011, George Soros said Greece is the next 2008 market crisis, and he was wrong. Um, yeah. Well, sometimes let's remember, he, he makes his money on shorting things like currencies and other things, so... When CNBC and Yahoo Finance puts him on here and gives him a bunch of press, they're just playing right into his hands. And so um, I, I, I think if you just look the guy up and see some of the things that he's backed and what he's done, he's, he's not a good guy. So I really hate it when people give him press. So when you see this George Soros billionaire investor, this is the next 2008 financial crisis. Um, you always have to look at those types of articles and say, okay, what's in it for him? The more fear he puts out there, the more money he makes. That's the way he's working right now. So, Which is kind of interesting because that's the whole CNBC and Bloomberg television, as well as financial media, uh, like the one we're doing right now, is how appropriate is it for people? Um, it's also like the argument you could say about the Federal Reserve. Should it even exist or should money just find its own level? Yeah. Financial media out there touting, you know, George Soros is saying things are horrible. In five minutes, we're going to, tra- you know, pull out a pony and who's going to say, you know, hey, it looks like a rainbow and everything's wonderful out there. 
Uh, right. But China, China's got a little bit of an adjustment problem right now. And, you know, for Soros, you're a little bit angrier with him than I am. I'm just I'm kind of happy that we're seeing a correction. Mm-hmm. I think it's a normal. I think it's healthy. I think it's something that, you know, again, markets hit all time high seven out of 10 years. We hit an all time high six months ago. Right. So we're doing exactly what we should be doing. Um, but you know, China, it needs to fall. It does. It, it's It's got a lending problem. The whole world has a lending problem. And, um, you know, investors need to know that there's risk out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's something to keep an eye on as well, just because there are so many currency issues that are involved with China, for sure. But um, you got to remember that the people, the insiders in China, have been barred from selling stocks for, has it been like six or seven months or more? Um, and the first two days of the negative returns just wiped out the last three months. I've talked about this last time China, uh, the Shanghai index got hammered and made the news. It hadn't even wiped out the gains for the year yet. It's extremely volatile. It's, it's quasi-capitalism, communism involved. And I remember two years ago, we had a small, you know, specific China fund investment, and we were wasting our entire investment policy committees discussing what the heck was or wasn't going on in China, so we finally did. And... You know, we see a pretty decent correction going on in emerging markets as a result of China because a lot of emerging markets, um, other than China, were pulled up because they dealt in commodities. I mean, commodities, I think this should probably bottom in the next six months or so and provide some opportunities in the long run. But this is a point why I've been saying this for years, Rob, is that I like managed funds in the emerging markets area much better than ETFs. If you look at some of the good managed emerging market funds, um, they're down half as much as what is going on in China to, to even maybe 25%. So it's not as bad as a lot of people think um, when they equate China to their emerging market positions unless it's some of the big ones, like VWO, which is the Vanguard one. They actually um, added Chinese exposure last year on the A-share side. Um, and investors right now are dumping ETFs in record flows, which is what you need to find a bottom. Hedge funds are dumping emerging markets right now, which is what you need to find a bottom. And they're selling everything they can but because, as you know, Rob, hedge funds have had awful returns, and they're kind of going out of existence um, because of the way they, well, they charge. They go, out of, they, they, go out of, they go out of existence for like a month or two, and they, they open another one right back up. Isn't that crazy? It, and it's, then they it's, find it's, money to raise again. It's it's crazy that people are willing to throw that kind of money at like Bill Ackman. But anyway, I digress. Well, well and here's what it is. It's because they say they they claim they find this new way to do something. Like I hear an advertisement on the radio that they they say that they have this new system that's going to help protect you from market downturns and upturns, and that it's been back tested. Well, if you look into it, they haven't even used it. It was created in, in, in with hindsight 2020, right? And then so you think you're actually getting something that's been in play and been working. And nope, you're you're basically your account has been an experiment for that firm. So steer clear of that. Um, and again, I still don't like China as a direct investment, even though it's declined. It hasn't declined as much as it could. Um, I like companies that have direct consumer exposure to China because I think China is turning the corner. We see it from Nike. We see it from Apple. And Apple probably could. You know, this, this is enough scare over in China that they could have a little bit of a a stall out in sales like we saw last quarter, but um, but companies that sell directly into China, um, like Nike, which is kind of expensive right now, but um, great company in the long, long run. I don't own any direct shares right now that I have in the past. Um, but also look at developed markets, developed international markets, because they're down as a result of what's going on in China. About It's only about you know 30 to 40% of the decline. 
there's some opportunities being done there. And, and I've been asked, can it get worse? Yeah, because in 1997-98, emerging markets were down 35% over those two years. But then a year later, it started this rampage upward, 150% returns over the next seven years. Now, granted, that was when China was doing all that big build-out and kind of the commodity super cycle. So I wouldn't expect those types of massive returns. But emerging markets is very volatile in the first place. So you've, you've just got to kind of uh, get a good managed fund that's been through some downturns and let them make the calls on which countries to be in. So I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for an event coming up at the end of January in Palo Alto. It's tied towards income and retirement. Are you going to have to do another seminar, if the markets keep correcting, called Income in a Down Market? <laughs> no, because it's just part of the game. I mean, as you know, markets are up 70% of the time and down 30% of the time. Um, and people say, well, the market's at an all-time high. Well, we spend we spend 70% of our lives with an all-time high stock market because it's up 70% of the time. So it ebbs and flows. We went straight up from the bottom, and, and we've been lucky to not have a year that has a significant decline. I would love it this year if we just had a mediocre year, Rob. And then it just kind of, you know, let us ourselves get back to the normal averages over the past five years and, and uh, you know, continue a, a nice even march up versus a very, you know, volatile chart pattern. The market's been very volatile on a quarter-by-quarter quarter basis, but – an annual basis that's been kind of flat for the last year, which is much better than, say, dealing with a 15% correction, right? In 10 seconds or less, is there anything that you're shopping for right now? Just stuff that I want to own three to five years out. I'm looking for stuff that had a, uh, that's had some dips as a result of just what's going on in China. Uh, small values in comparison has been down 6 7%. Still a bit expensive, so I'm just looking when I want to rebalance, manage future stuff, and uh, some tax loss opportunities with some swaps that I can do out there to kind of get a uh, credit with the IRS. To discuss this more, find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can schedule an appointment to go over your portfolio. You can sign up for the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Seminar coming up in Palo Alto on the 28th, 6.30 to 9 p.m. on a Thursday. Sign up at robblack.com or newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I love the movie Zoolander. They're coming out with a remake, not a remake, but a new one this year. I'm not sure I'll see it in a theater because it, I loved it on cable. I loved watching it 10, 15 times and hearing the same goofy line make me laugh every time when Derek, who's a high-end model, um goes back to his hometown and his roots, and he works with his dad under the, the under the ground in coal mines. And uh, about two seconds in, he looks at his dad, and he's covered in soot, and he goes, eh, Pop, I think I got the black lung. So in two seconds, he develops the black lung. Cute, right? Listen to this. Here's the tie to that. After a 10-hour effort, 17 workers trapped 80 stories down in a broken elevator at a salt mine were rescued. The workers were in a mine based in Minnetonka, Minnesota. 
no danger, but they were stuck in the shaft since, uh, let's see, it's tough for me to figure out the, oh, 10 plus hours. Miners got stuck while descending to the floor of the 2,300 foot deep mine, 80 stories down. Now, you may think you've got a horrible job and a horrible boss. Um, I think working in a salt mine would be pretty grueling. The mine produces de-icing salt that used throughout the Northeast for, um, obviously, weather. Um, just throwing that out there. So how bad is your job? Probably not that bad. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, we have a market that is correcting at the start of the year, and that is intimidating. The good news is, if we can have any good news here, is more Americans seem to be ready for retirement. Now, it's not a lot, but it's more. 45% of Americans now seem to be on track. Americans are finally doing something right when it comes to savings for retirement. More households um, are covering essential expenses in retirement than in 2013. Um, this is according to a Fidelity report. Uh, being able to cover expenses like food, shelter, and health care, uh, up from 38%, we're now at 45%. So that's nice to see. The results are encouraging. Um, Americans' median savings rates increased in 2015 from 7.3% to 8.5%. That's nice to see. Uh, while the numbers show some improvement, Americans' preparedness score is still below the good range, according to other countries. You want somewhere between a million to two million dollars in retirement if you live, you know, a pretty good life. A million dollars in retirement is going to pay you about forty thousand dollars in income till the day you die. Social Security is going to be about twenty. Medicare, Medicaid, Medi-Cal, or whatever you know, government supplemental health care plan you're on is going to take about ten to fifteen percent of that, uh, ten to fifteen thousand of that, um, covered in costs. So you kind of see sixty thousand dollars is really, if you live in a state where like California's got ten percent income tax, sixty thousand dollars is really fifty-four thousand uh, dollars. Sales tax of ten percent, you know, suddenly you're talking about forty-eight thousand dollars roughly. Um, and your money goes fast, so be cautious on that. So Macy's is in the news today, and I think it's a sign of the times. They're closing 36 of their 770 stores, and I think it's it's Amazon. Amazon now covers about 33% of retail in the United States as far as like ETFs go. So if you were to look at a retail ETF, and yet they're not making money. That tells you there's something wonky in the United States, Right. Now, Macy's is adding a couple new stores, one in Los Angeles, one in Hawaii, and one in Utah, um, I think as well as Connecticut and San Jose. So they see it as a rapidly evolving retail environment. I see it as more people are shopping online. And I think that's a trend that as an investor, as someone in retirement, you need to look at your portfolio and say, how prepared am I for this transition? Um, I still think a lot of your investment should be exposed to healthcare because no matter what, I don't care if it's the fastest internet in the world. I don't care if it's a car that can drive you to and from work uh, while you sleep. We're all going to need healthcare. So we all know that. Uh, good news, and I'm trying to find some good news in a market you know, covered with bad news. Workers are saving more for retirement, led by millennials. 
workers are saving more for retirement, and the youngest, not exactly known for squirreling away money, the Generation Y, the millennials, they're boosting their savings rate. So not only are we, as a nation, getting a little bit more prepared to the tune of 45% of people being able to cover basic charges in retirement, but the younger people who should be saving are saving more. Um, And again, that's something that I think a millennial wants an app to help them save more so than they want a white guy who works on the 85th floor who has who shares a secretary with three other white guys who wear white suits or ties from Macy's and oh we don't want that anymore do we so i can tell you what you don't want is a guy who sells you annuities be very very cautious watch out for those alternative investments investments should be investments insurance should be insurance annuities are insurance that look like investments therefore you're paying for the insurance and you're paying for the management of the investment you're getting double whammied in an industry that hasn't cut costs like Vanguard Fidelity or TD Ameritrade known for cutting cost in investments you want to go with the low cost products tied towards the investment world brought to you by the investment world not the high cost products brought to you by the insurance world that mocks or mimics a little bit of the investment world. Um, just throwing that out there for you. Jobless claims fell. Planned layoffs smallest in 15 and a half years. First Friday of the month is a biggie. Um, there's a magazine called Biggins. And it's an adult magazine. But there's a biggin coming out tomorrow. And that's the employment report. First Friday of every month super important. If there's one piece of financial data that I want you to pay attention to, and only one, of which I probably would come up with 10, but if there were one and only one, it's the first Friday of the month. Um, In the long run, employment is rock, scissors, and paper playing against just rock. Well, that doesn't make any sense. In the long run, employment has the power of rock, over paper. It, it can, you know, just bust right through it. It can smash the scissors. A rock could smash another rock. Like, employment's that kind of important. So the first Friday of the month. Um, and some people think the Federal Reserve has caused recent market correction. That's not the case. And we're not even in a market correction. 10% is a correction. Um, and there's people out there who are screaming, you know, chicken little, be careful on them. Because it's the employment report that means a lot more than anything else. And our banks are in such a better position than they were seven, eight years ago. And let's just say we do go into another recession. I bought my house last time during a recession, and I got it for cheap. I didn't pay a premium. I didn't get caught up in bidding it up with 20 other people. I got it when two or three other people wanted to buy a house, not 10 to 20 other people wanted to buy a house. So if you can't find positives... You're missing something. Healthcare, dividend stocks like Verizon, you're missing something. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stocks plunge again at the open. Not only on China sliding, but oil sliding. Damn you, oil. Damn. Damn you, Chinese people. Why aren't you out there spending? So oil's at 33.45. You can see a bottom, but it is a bottom. Ooh. <laughs> it's closer to a bottom than it is to a top. So jobless claims fell, planning a uh, number of layoffs, smallest in 15 and a half years. The jobs number on Friday is going to be really important. Commercial real estate just had its biggest year since the financial crisis. While much has been discussed about the housing market, commercial real estate had a big year in 2015. They say the, 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 the city bird of San Francisco is a crane uh, because it's everywhere and everywhere you look. Um, that one may need a second to figure out. If it does, then you need to go back to a remedial school. But sales of income-producing properties priced above $2.5 million total dollars hit $504 billion. That's the most in one year since 2007. The overall growth in commercial real estate was 16% higher than 2014. That's too much growth. So I would be very cautious right now investing in office, industrial, retail. Retail's gotten a little bit tighter. Apartment, hotels up 40% in growth. Um, there's a new one coming in right next to the ballpark in San Francisco. I'm like, that's going to sell out a lot because it's one of the ones that is appealing towards millennials. And millennials still travel and they still go to sexy cities. And then you go through a 20-year period where you have kids and you travel a lot less. Um, but you do travel domestically. So, But the downtown and retail property trades uh, may be a secular trend. So retail is still having some trouble. So REITs, which are generally more interest rate sensitive compared to direct real estate investments, saw a more modest gain in 2015 because of rate hike anticipations. I would expect REITs may benefit somewhat from a recent change in legislation. Basically, in late December, uh, Barack Obama signed into a law a change in the Foreign Investment and Real Estate Property Tax Act allowing foreign investors to hold 10% of shares in a U.S. REIT, up from the previous 5% amount. So that's one of those artificial barriers that when you remove, it may you know fill up with a little bit more space, And uh, i.e. buyers, i.e. people who want to hold. Um, just antidotal evidence of you know Russians and Chinese buyers in the market, they're expected to be the ones who leave the speculative real estate market, i.e. the high end in New York and San Francisco and L.A., the fastest this year because of oil prices and because of their stock markets um, and economies. I could tell you when I went skiing 10, 15 years ago, didn't see that many Chinese and Russians that didn't speak English. It was a very English-speaking crowd. Now when you go skiing, it's poof, maybe 50-50 it feels like at times. So some of the luxury sports of America are being dominated by, I wouldn't call it foreign investment, but you'd call real estate foreign investment, right? So moving forward and thinking about the last 10 times the stock market went into a bear market, that's pretty helpful. Um, to look at history, 
is to be very, very, very wise when it comes to investing. No one wants to dwell on the bad times. And we're not saying we're in a bear market. A bear market is defined as a 20% drop from the most recent SP 500 all-time high. Um, bear markets are typically associated with recessions or commodity spikes, aggressive Fed tightening, or extreme valuations. Uh, the most common factor of a recession is a bear market. And it's coincided with a bear market eight times on the last 10. So when you see Disney go from 123 down to 100, it's in a bear market almost. Apple's in a bear market. Yahoo's in a bear market. I'm not going to go through every single stock that could be in a bear market. But then you look at companies like Home Depot and Nike that are close to their all-time highs, then close to their 20% correction. So I think it, it helps if you go back and study a little bit about bear markets. Um, the global financial crisis back in 2007, the bear market down 57%. It lasted 17 months. And then it saw the stock market up 202% from those levels over the next 83 months. Back in March 2000, we had a, a, a bear market where the market went down 49% over 31 months. And then it was up 101% over the next 61 months. So the typical average bear market is down 45% from all-time highs. The duration is typically 25 months. The recovery is typically 151% over 53 months. The 1987 crash was down 34%. It lasted three months. Teeny tiny. Now, the difference between lasting three months and 31 months, you tell me. When we're down 34%, you go, maybe we'll be down 40%. Maybe we'll be down 45%. Maybe I should wait a couple more months. Maybe it'll be down 50 or 60%. Maybe I should wait, you know, a year. Do you have that kind of courage? Because if you waited, the market went up over the next 61 months 229%. I'm sorry, 417%. Over 115 months. So trying to time this is silly. Because again, some of them are short as seven months, three months. And some bear markets are torturous. 31 months, 21 months, 37 months. What I see is since 1929, we've had 10 really good bear markets. So what's that come out to? Someone do the math for me. 70, 80, 85 years, 85 divided by 10. What? We get a bear market every eight and a half years? Is that about right? That's pretty normal. So we haven't had one in a while. We've had a big, big run right now. We've been up for 83 months. So do we deserve one? We're going to get one at some point. It's history. It's tied towards capitalism. The capitalism cycle that you see, it, it, it goes something like this. Where we plant some seeds... We grow some seed, we grow some plants, we get a lot of fruit off of them. Fall hits, we get a little less fruit off of them. Winter hits, we get no fruit off them. Some of the leaves die. And that cycle has ended. And then in spring we plant. Like So capitalism kind of works like that. Where you bring a kid out of high school or bring a kid out of college, you give him a job. He makes some money, he goes out and spends some money. His boss really likes him. 
his boss gives 10 people a raise. And then there's a bit of a slowdown. And not all 10 people suddenly earn their, their worth. So the boss says, i got to cut salaries. Two or three of you have to go. Let's say two goes. And then they stop spending. And the boss says, you know what? I didn't think this was going to get this bad because now other people have stopped spending. So he lets go of another person. And it's a little bit of a cycle that like, sometimes goes on a little bit more than it needs to. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. And, you know, by all means, you know, let's take a look at the markets and let's open our statements and figure out what's going on and how it's going on. In the last bear market, I was able to buy a house with no competition. In the last recession, I was able to buy a house with no competition. Have you been wanting to buy a house the last five, six, seven years? Have you been looking at low interest rates going, hmm, yummy? Well, now you may get yourself in a situation. And again, we opened low, and we're already fighting our way back. I know you're saying, isn't that a sound, doesn't that sound like a 70s or 80s song? Fight your way back! The markets are fighting their way back. Are they going to get positive for the day? Probably not. I don't know. If I knew that answer, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be betting on ponies. I know you're saying, if you were psychic and you knew where we were going to close, you'd bet on ponies. Yes, because I'd be psychic enough to take that ability and turn it into ponies as well. Mmm. Mmm. You with me against me? Um, lower oil. Oil at $33 a barrel. What screams out as a big consumer of oil? Uh, households? Right? Airlines? So the consumer should have a little more money. You know, brr, it's cold outside. Hey, our heating bill is a little bit less than it was expected. Baby, it's cold outside. Are you done with Christmas music? Because I'm done with Christmas music. Stocks tumble, oil hits new low. You have to be really, really comfortable as an investor. The Federal Reserve is a giant weapon that has no ammunition left. That's why they raised interest rates. And they did it because of employment numbers were strong enough. There wasn't a lot of inflation numbers. So will the Fed cut interest rates in 2016? I highly doubt it. I would be bummed out of my mind if they did that. And I think it would be not necessarily a good thing. A couple of days ago, I did a, a piece on Byron Ween's predictions for 2016. And I looked at his predictions for 2015. Out of 10, he only got two and a half of them right. Trying to predict the future, even when you've worked in the industry for years and years and years and years, it's brutal. So quit trying to predict the future. I think you'll see more mergers and acquisitions. I think you'll see increased pressure on bond prices. I would avoid bonds unless you really, really know what you're doing. Now, they won't be as volatile as stocks, but I don't think there's a lot going on there that's positive. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. And don't forget, I have an event coming up at the end of the month on income. Sign up at robblack.com.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. If Dame Ash and Kutcher still brings to mind, dude, where's my car? What's my tattoo say? Awesome. What's my tattoo say? Um, you're really behind the times because Kutcher's grown up. The past few years, the actor turned entrepreneur and investors co-founded a viral media site, a human rights organization. He's invested in buzzy tech startup companies such as Spotify, Airbnb, Uber, and Meerkat. In Grow, the new digital magazine from investing app Acorns, another one of his investments, Kutcher talks about everything from why he got in, started investing to the best investment he's ever made. I think this is, be patient with me. This is pretty good. He was asked, what's your best investment? And he goes, think about what's your best investment ever. He goes, my relationships. Taking the time to get to know people, what motivates them, what their challenges are. These things are overlooked, he says. Investors get so wrapped up in returns and numbers that they forget the true privilege of their position is to share a journey with exceptional people. If I can go back, the number one thing that I would do different in my 20s is network. Because it would have led to better job opportunities in my 30s, 40s, and 50s, which would have led to more money. Or more career. The best investments don't have a cost to them. And they don't cost a fortune, but they create opportunities. A couple cups of coffee. Handful of emails. Ultimately, that's how you get rich and wealthy over time. I love companies like Visa because they mentor women. They mentor minorities. I don't know know if they mentor men. (laughs) I haven't seen that per se. But they mentor millennials. They mentor Generation X. They mentor... like. I really like that angle. So, anyway, I'm digressing a bit. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Could the U.S. face another recession? It's 25% likely at this point in time. It's more likely that we hit a 1% growth in GDP. Our employment numbers are too good at this point in time, and the Oil hurts 10 states in the United States, but it helps 40 states. Um, so, no, I don't see it happening, per se, immediately. The upcoming jobs report could have a major effect. It could stabilize the U.S. markets, for sure. 401Ks, what should you do right now? I don't know what investments you have in your 401Ks. I would say Europe looks like it's got some value. Japan's got a lot of value, but not a lot of growth. I would say if you have a China fund, you need to ask yourself, are you comfortable with that? If you have an Asia fund, is Asia still the same story that it will be for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Do you have 10, 15, 20 years? Asia should grow over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Over the next 10, 15 weeks, no one knows. Interest rates. Do you think the Fed's going to raise interest rates anytime soon? Will that affect mortgages, credit cards, auto loans? I don't see the Fed going up aggressively in 2016. They say they want to go up three or four times. I would think it's probably going to be more like two. If current world economies continue to struggle and oil continues to stay low, um, I think they would be failing their fiduciary responsibilities 
by raising rates if there wasn't some sort of inflation going on. Wow, Chipotle. Fast, casual Mexican chain. They said that same-store sales fell 30%. It went from so good for them to so bad for them. I'm not going to say overnight, but that's the risk of a high-flying growth stock. And Netflix yesterday announced that they're in another 130 countries. I'm like, nah, you're making that up. And nope, I'm not making it up. Um, and the reason I bring that up is I didn't even know there was 130 countries on the planet. There's some things that I know. There's some things that I don't know, right? And we always need to be honest. Like, if you were to ask me to tell you where in Africa Ethiopia is, I know because I had a friend that went there, but most people can't find it. Uganda, there's countries that I guarantee you most of us Americans, we can't even do all 50 states. If you were to do, play this game today at lunch... Um, ask your coworker. Let's write down on napkins. How many states can you name? Most Americans come in around 42, 43. They miss six or seven. That's not good. It's not good. So Netflix is up today because they said, oh, I'm sorry, their streaming service is now in 190 countries, not 130. Ah. <sighs> But they also said, get this, that Daredevil Season 2 is going to reveal a pre-Batman versus Superman premiere date. So, woohoo! Daredevil, they've got some good shows on Netflix. Really good shows. But now they've got those really good shows that are available in Russia and India and Singapore and Poland. Still not available in China. Um, still not available in North Korea and Syria due to government restrictions on American companies. But they added 130 countries yesterday, um, so they're now at 190 countries. It's one cable channel, is the way you look at it. Not too shabby. They've done well. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We can talk required minimum distributions if you want. We can talk anything. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com or rob at robblackshow.com, rob at robblackshow.com. Find me online at robblack.com. I've got a big event coming up at the end of this month. It's an income and retirement planning event. Uh, you can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's going to be in Palo Alto on a Thursday, the 28th. Sign up for robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. I do a TV spot every day. You can see uh, my oversized head by going to YouTube and looking up Rob Black Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.